Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, it's the first Wednesday in May, which means we have our good friend Mike Somachan to talk derby. Uh, and uh, I got, got, guess what, man? Boots on the ground uh, here at Churchill Downs. I can see it right out my window because I'm staying by the airport. Uh, but uh, <laughs> how, how far is it from Louisville? Uh, Louisville uh, is a small re- town. Regional so airport yeah. and Barber we're talking College. Like, we're talking like 15-minute Uber to, yeah. to get to a cool spot tonight. So it's okay, though. It's uh, it, everything's, everything's going well. My prep has gone well i'm excited to talk derby first and foremost let me welcome our guest back to the deep dive so gracious to make time for us because i know you are a busy man this week <laughs> this has got to be you guys have a weird cycle of like oh oh here comes derby week uh, just oh, in terms of the calendar <laughs> oh yeah. boy uh but yeah welcome back to the deep dive the great mike somich i appreciate it guys thanks for having me love talking derby with you guys yeah it's uh it's a wild week uh i think this is my fifth show today that we're doing in different places and so it uh it's it's <laughs> and you're talking to a lot of people that don't know a ton about horse oh, of racing. course Fortunately, you guys are, are pretty well versed on the sport, but so some of the questions you get, you definitely uh, you shake your head a little bit and you just keep on trucking. But it's uh, it's a crazy week, and then you get you get essentially two weeks off, and then you roll right into the Preakness, then you roll right into the Belmont, and then you get a little break before Saratoga. But it's uh, it's a very diverse schedule from how often you're booked for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the casuals, it's it's some for some of the casuals, it's just it's the one weekend. It's not even hey these three races and. You know, then you have the mid-range. I think we're mid-range casuals, Drew. We we do that. Oh, yeah. We ce- we celebrate this. We obviously celebrate the Breeders' Cup. I'm definitely going to try to make it out to California for that again this year. Ooh, it's yes. Santa, Santa Anita. Mike, you coming out to, to beautiful California? Be- great Anita. time of year. Santa Anita this year, Del Mar next year. I actually live in Santa Barbara now, Drew. So I'm a full-time Californian. Yeah, I d- you, moved out what? here a month and a half ago. <laughs> oh, well, welcome. Thank you. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to so. the best All right, coast, well, yeah. let's, let's plan on it. It's a date. Uh, if none of us are, you know, married by the time we're this age, we'll all meet at Santa Anita this fall or whatever. <laughs> However, I don't remember how that movie goes, but yeah, that's going to be great. But yeah, in, in between a little Saratoga, a little Pegasus, a little bit of yeah. this, some of the Derby prep stuff I try to pay attention to. It's tough because of the time of the year and everything else that's going on. But, and we did mention that off air. It's, it's a crazy uh, weekend with a, there's a decent boxing match. There's a big UFC event. There's the Kentucky freaking Derby. Yeah, and we, we got have playoffs. Like the NBA have to, playoffs. At some point, um, we're gonna have to come up with the man team horse parlay, but we'll yeah, save that for the end. A, um, baseball exists as well, but yeah. yeah, this is this is it. We have uh 20 horses. And should we start? Let me start with the stupid questions then, because right. uh, Mike already pointed that out. Like, what is the a very, place bet? Yeah, no, no, the, I had I had two already. Like ones, it's like I'm borderline embarrassed to ask on the air. The first one, the Japanese horse. Don't they run clockwise in Japan? Or is uh, that different for different tracks in Japan? So you can go okay. both ways. <laughs> they, they so, like he's that, ambi- so he's an yeah. ambi-turner. Yeah, they, like does, throw, they like to throw curveballs in there. He's an ambi-turner. Uh, that serious if, follow-up, does that, like, does that affect a horse? Because like, there's horses they would never, ever. You, you are born in Kentucky. You race wherever you race. They would never run clockwise. So it doesn't really affect the horses because the horses are smart enough to do something called change leads. So they've got two front legs, two back legs. Everyone knows that, right? At different times during the race, they use different legs to lead their body. And so what they'll do is they'll change leads. Their inside leg will lead their body around a turn and their outside leg will lead their body in a straightaway. It's essentially using all the power from their inner leg muscles to help them turn and then switching over and essentially saving that until the next turn so that your outer leg is able to propel you forward when you're going straight. So depending on which way you're going, you use a different set of legs to turn. So in some cases, you could make an argument, a horse never done it, they could kind of struggle with it. But naturally, because of how fast they're going, there's some lean to the inside on the turn and that forces that foot to be the lead foot. I like this is why we love you because even a dumb question led to something pretty poignant and uh, t- one of those today I learned. I think what what was the other dumb one I had? Oh, the because of last year, is there yeah. just going to be a shitload of like just stupid people donk money on? They show up th- like two hours before post. Whatever yeah. number's the biggest, that horse is just going to take money for the reason. 
I don't think that's a dumb question at all. I think that's one of the most intriguing things about this year's Kentucky Derby. Something I've been asking people is, what do you think the longest shot on the board will be this year? Rich Strike, second biggest price in Derby history last year, wins the race. The effect on the Preakness and the Belmont betting pools was phenomenal. What you saw Mm -hmm. is that there were no horses going off 30 to 40 to 1. Everyone was being bet down to that 25 to 20 to 1 range. And it offered a ton of value, not on the favorite, because the favorite was still getting bet. Yep. That middle oh, man. horse. The middle class, I suppose. Yeah. Because you had a bunch of 25s like, that were, it was like a false 25. Like you knew because you know the market. This is actually like a 45. Yep. So essentially it was taking the VIG out. You were playing You were playing in a non-VIG market for the horses that had a shot at winning. And the whole people betting the long shots were firing at it. Now there's a higher variance in the Derby, right? Mm-hmm. 20 horses, we don't see that anywhere else. There, you could have a ton of trip trouble. But this race has the opportunity to offer massive win odds. And massive exacta odds as well because of what the exacta paid last year by betting all with the favorite. Yeah, it's right. huge money, right? And that I think is going to be a lot of people's strategies again this year is to go all over favorite. So if you can run Forte out of the top two, I think you're going to see a monster exacta payouts because the amount of money that's going to be in there. Uh, boy, did you set me up for my first question, which is, can we run, can we run Forte out of the top two? Um, how do we run, how do we run out? This is my favorite thing in horse racing is better. How do we play against the favorite? Yeah. So, okay. So before we get into this year's race, uh, we should do people a due service and just kind of provide the color and the context that people expect from the deep dive on what happened last year. Uh, I spent a week in Kentucky. Uh, I did several hours of content every day, uh, interviewing people, talking about people. I didn't say the name rich strike once. Uh, and it was for a reason oh, that we shouldn't surprise anyone is that he wasn't in the race when we were doing all that commentary. Uh, the fact that he won, I felt like was a pretty one of one scenario where you had probably the most aggressive pace melt that I've ever seen in a high profile race. Is that your read on this? And do you think that has echoes or ripples uh, in terms of how, you know, connections, you know, trainers and jockeys are approaching their strategy for this year? Yeah, fastest opening half mile in Derby history last year. Uh, so that Jeez. set up the pace meltdown that created the ability for Rich Strike to basically go inside of a bunch of horses and be able to get the job done at, at a monster number. Uh, it was two Japanese horses that went out and set blistering fractions, and the U.S. horses all wanted to stay close enough to the pace that it essentially meant anyone in the top 10 screwed themselves, right? Yeah. This year, we've got two Japanese horses again. Continue our draws to 20. Do, uh, uh, I can't remember the name. Derma Sotogake. Yeah. Derma Sotogake ends up drawing the 17. They both have a chance to be forwardly placed again this year. However, the Japanese horses last year, one was a dead sprinter. So it was kind of expected that that one was going to go. Neither of these are sprinters. They were both in the UA Derby. They didn't press each other in that race. I would be surprised if they pressed each other in this one. But Dermasotagate like went nuts in training the other day, where like he just the crowds, everything just made him really amped up and he wanted to go, go, go. That's the scenario where this could get kooky. I don't think it'll happen this year. I think you're gonna see a more normal pace. I think a lot of people learned last year, just let them go if they're going that crazy. Get your spot and back off that second quarter of a mile. Don't keep chasing if they're gonna go nuts up front. I think that and I think that's something too that a lot of people who may be a little more casual to horse racing or maybe you've never ridden a horse owned a horse petted a horse even like horses are very affected by humans like they like it's crazy how a horse will react different even even like horses have ridden acting differently f- just with with too many people standing around like you know sure. uh, like like eight or ten people in an area and then you get something like this where you have big crowds and a lot of people watching them training and they're not used to that and they can just react so much differently and then obviously there's going to be a fairly decent crowd on Saturday as well. So if you're getting a glimpse of that already, does that make you worried that uh, there's going to be this? Because, I mean, halfway through that race, I just knew, like, I was dicked on a lot of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. We can't, we can't, yeah. we can't yeah. start this fast. None of my horses are, everyone, all my horses were doing well. It's like, oh, they're, yeah. di- they're dead. They're dead. This is yeah. too fast. Yeah, it's interesting with racehorses, too. I, I went on a trail ride on a racehorse, and the racehorse was 7 for 14 lifetime. All seven wins came gate to wire. That damn horse would not stay behind the other three horses in our trail ride because it just wanted to go to the front. It's what it had done. It's I like, I that. need to be in the lead. I'm the leader. Wanna, yeah, yeah lead. I'm the leader, yeah, right? That's my job. Yeah. We don't have any of those in this year's race, which should also okay. benefit the fact that it shouldn't be a wild pace. We should have a much more normal pace. With 20 horses, you're going to see a faster pace than normal in that first quarter mile just so that yeah. they can get the position they want. 
but it's that second quarter of a mile. Where do we slow the half down to? That's going to be really important in this one. Okay. So solving the pace then uh, is always step one for handicapping the Derby. I don't think anyone that's been doing this for more than five minutes would say otherwise. Um, it's a unique race with 20 horses. It's unique. They, they, they're, they continue to kind of find wrinkles to take some of the, the easy, some of the stuff that made it easy out of it. Like you can't toss the one anymore. You can't toss the 14 and 15 anymore. Like you, you have to consider the alt, the, the added extras, uh, whatever, uh, the AE stands for. Um, but the, uh, the, the pace this year, I think, is much more likely to be what we saw in that kind of five year arc after they changed the point system where it, you know, it was fast, but not like blistering. And in that scenario, the horses that were more forwardly placed, uh, horses that had a little bit of early speed, the name of the game handicapping was literally just pick one of those. Like the like the Medina Spirit year, it was literally like, well, he's probably going to be on the lead. And I don't know, maybe nobody catches him if, uh, if uh, you know, Bafford gives him the good stuff. And so, you know, I think I look at this year's race and you mentioned it, there's not really an early speed horse. The only one that's Brisnet running style E is verifying and he's a fascinating breakdown in every which way. And I haven't come across many like in the especially sharp horse community who aren't just saying toss him. I don't even know if he'll get on the lead. I, I disagree personally. I think he is probably going to get on the lead with little effort expended coming out of the two. Um, but, you know, do, is, is your starting point for this year's race kind of in that mindset where you're literally like, OK, who's going to get on the lead? of those horses who has a realistic chance and let's start tossing some closers. Yes. I mean, my, my, my handicapping strategy in any race is start with the pace, figure out if it's going to be a fast pace, a slow pace, how many horses want to contest it? Where are they breaking from? Is it inside speed, outside speed? How is that going to affect the overall race flow and then work backward to see, okay, now does a horse that's not as good as the best horse, the favorite generally in the race, do they have a situation that can create a positive expected value for them versus uh, you know, if the favorite's loose on the lead, I'm usually not betting that race because the favorite usually is going to win in those spots. You're not going to get any value because it's an obvious look, right? If you see ones all the way around, there's no other horse that's, that's got to go, has early speed and they're four to five, everyone's betting them. It doesn't make sense to try and attack that way. So yeah, for me, speed is the most important thing to look at. And when you look at this race and it's, it's wildly interesting because you, you know, you mentioned Brisnet, you've got time form, you've got, um, you've got Equinedge, you've got, uh, uh, optic X, all these different pace scenarios that they spit out each of the like professional tools has a different horse in the lead in the first turn so it's a really really odd derby from that perspective as well i agree verifying is your most likely early leader uh drawing the two post forces the hand from gaffleone on that horse exactly yeah you can't sit you have to go because look the horse to your inside has speed God forbid you don't clear that horse or else you're getting crushed when your race is <laughs> yeah. over. So you got to yeah. go if you're verifying. It feels like if you're two fills, you want to try and get forwardly placed, but I don't think pushes the pace. Confidence game, the four horse has been working for speed, so people are saying the four will probably go. Um, I've seen people say the six Kings Barnes is your speed horse. I vehemently disagree with that. I don't think Kings Barnes wants to be on the lead or is fast enough to make the lead in this race. Uh, we'll get to him more later, I'm sure. Reincarnate, I think, is a sneaky lead horse. I wouldn't be shocked if Reincarnate is is one of the horses pushing the pace. Practical move doesn't break well enough, uh, but Jace's Road will probably try and push the pace. And I think Dermasotagate may be the horse that leads us into the first turn. Mm. That 17 post is going to force his hand to get tactical position. And if it is just the two that goes, and he doesn't necessarily see anyone coming over aggressively, and Dermasotagate breaks out of that 17 well, he might have the ability to pass over. If not... He should sit behind a rather mediocre pace right outside of the two verifying if he can get to that spot. And that means you have to actually consider a horse when you have trends that a Japanese horse has never won the Derby. A UAE Derby winner has never won the Kentucky Derby. And the 17 post has never won a Kentucky Derby. Yeah. The horse sitting in there is a logical play in this race. I mean, he's cursed, though. 17. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, 17 secure one, and that that brings <laughs> us kind of to the you know the extra gate, the the new gate, the you know the redesign, whatever you want to call it. Because right off the bat, when we were talking, it was kind of a, I mean, it's always been conventional wisdom. If you have a a one in front of your you know, if it's double digit number, it's not great. If it's halfway up there, it's even worse. And you have Angels Empire and Forte, two of the Two of the horses a lot of people like that are what four was it 14 and 15, I believe. Yep. And is it is it just not as bad of a draw as it used to be? And then the fact that you have 
and I, I hate to go like it sucks that this like worst case scenario the favorite just wins, which it kind of is worst case scenario from a betting standpoint and what we like to do with these races and honestly what I'd like to see. But the fact that there wasn't this drop off at all from two to three year old kind of races for, for Forte and the fact that it's just that good of a horse and it can kind of stay out of the mess a little. I don't know. What, what do you call the mess at the beginning? The, the traffic, the wash, you know what I'm saying? It can, it can stay back and see what happens. And then, you know, at that point you can kind of pick your ride without getting, you know, getting in trouble early. Like, are they that bad of post draws being out 14, 15 right now? I would much rather be in posts 16 through 20 than I would one through five. The outside posts have a significant edge over the inside posts because when you go and you watch replays of past derbies, in the last two years, the only two years we've had the new derby gate where it's all 20 horses in a single derby gate, there is a wave that just crushes down on the inside horses. I, I believe it was uh, two years ago, it was a Pletcher horse that, that drew the rails. Actually, the last two years has been a Pletcher horse. But two years ago specifically, I think it was known agenda, broke well from the rail. You could argue it was top four or five earlier in the, early in the race and was 17th at the finish line because of how many horses just came over. So if you don't make the lead from one through four, you are in a boatload of trouble. And that that means I would much rather be toward the outside where you can make decisions if you don't break well. You can sit three or four wide, but do that in eighth or ninth versus being on the rail in 17th. There's a big time advantage there from being outside versus inside. And for Forte, the 15 post isn't a bad draw. I mean, I, I feel like he he can manage himself in that post. He just won the Florida Derby from the 11 post with trip trouble. Um, and we can talk about the Florida Derby because I think that race is getting shat on way too much. I think it was actually a much better race than it was on paper, what people are kind of describing it from a numbers perspective. But he hasn't done anything wrong. And he has the ability to make a, a big-time move on the backstretch, a big-time move around the far turn. And, and he's probably the best horse right now in this field. Now, is he... Three to one when other horses are fifteen to one, twenty to one. Is he the yeah. is the likelihood that he wins that low? I mean, I don't I don't really think so. I think that he's a very likely horse to run second or third. My my comp that I've been making is essential quality. If you remember the Medina Spirit year, essential quality was your two year old champion, trained by Brad Cox. He came from off the pace. He probably was the best horse in that derby, but had trip trouble around the far turn. He was a number sixteen, so broke from an outside post. To me, there's a ton of comps between essential quality and forte here well let me ask let's let's stay on forte then uh and go back to the florida derby and really kind of follow his journey because again for those who are not even mid casuals but are hardcore like yourself uh you've been thinking about how the kentucky derby is going to shape for months uh going back to uh, the breeders cup juvenile where Usually you th- toss the winner <laughs> because <laughs> the, your, anyone that's peaking at, you know, as a two-year-old is going to have a very tough time taking any kind of a step forward as a three-year-old yet Forte sits here undefeated through what four or five races this season Four, right? And, um, and just a, a quick step on that. You, yeah. I think maybe there's a good comparison to the, the juvenile Phillies race, the two-year-old who won the, who won the Phillies race last year. Wonder wheel. Damn it, that's my horse. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I wasn't gonna go there. I was, I know, I, yeah, I was just gonna let that I one know, pass, but you know there is there is that where it's like, oh, it's you were a great two-year-old, but now that you're three and you know there's there's I don't know, you it's less of a percent or it's a more of a percentage of your total life that you've lived and things kind of tighten up and you're just you're not this god anymore. Whereas I don't know, yeah. Drew, I don't know how you feel about Forte, but it feels like just looking at the results, like well, he kept it up. He well, his his, kept... his Breeders' Cup juvenile run was super impressive. Like, I did not expect that at all from him, even though he was, what, second choice in that race. Uh, he took down a very, very, very uh, strong run from Cave Rock uh, that day. Uh, and I got, you know, corrections and retractions. He's only run twice this year, but he is on a five-race uh, five win streak. Um, so... This year, you know, in March, he runs the Fountain of Youth, uh, impressive win that kind of solidified him in my mind as, okay, this is going to be our Derby favorite as long as something terrible doesn't happen in the Florida Derby. He went off at one to nine in the Florida Derby, which is to say that people expected him to absolutely, what was that, minus 800 or something like that, Uh, whatever it comes out to. But that basically, like, it was expected that he was going to stomp the field. Um, And uh, the, actually, it's exactly minus 900, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, it's 1.11. 
Yeah, it's nine minus nine hundred. Anyway, um, you know, it, it, you know, those are the kind of prices where I didn't even watch the race. I just kind of assumed, oh, he's going to make you know short, you know, easy work of these guys. And in fact, if he's the horse we think he is, he's going to absolutely dominate them. Um, and then you know, you see the ticker, and you're like, oh, Forte won the Florida Derby. Okay, cool. I'll check. I'll I'll, I'll catch up on that when you know I'm you know I'm I'm kind of doing some research this week. Do that and then cool. you, yeah, and then you watch the race, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> like that was a close call. Uh, and there were some very, very live, uh, runners in that field. Um, you know, most notably mage who's, you know, had probably one of the most spectacularly unimpressive breaks of any horse of any race of this entire year. Um, and he still almost took him down. Um, and you know, my, you come out of that race, I feel like with one of two theses as a handicapper, either they, they wanted to rate him. They wanted to have him face some adversity and overcome it. And he was able to do it. He flipped the switch in the final like 10 strides and was able to, to get that win. Um, or you come out of that and you're like, okay, the rest of the field is catching him. If he doesn't have a better effort than that as a one to nine favorite, then this is going to be the easiest fade the favorite of any Kentucky Derby of my lifetime. Uh, where are you on that? It, you know, where were you on that journey? And did you come out of the Florida Derby saying like, holy, we're going to get it. That, that, that horse is going to go off at an absurd price and I'm going to have... I'm going to have uh, just the most fun Saturday betting against him. Yeah, you, you need a pace thesis, but you also need a forte thesis mm-hmm. if you're going to make some decisions. Well, you mentioned the Breeders' Cup race. Got a 100 buyer that day, his career high buyer. He has not replicated that as a three-year-old. That's what a lot of the knock is on him, is that he's never <laughs> gotten back to that point. Now, it's you hard. talk about the Florida Derby. Really interesting it's race when you, when you look at the Florida Derby because four mage was your second choice. Forte was your favorite. Um, the 10 horse Fort Bragg was one of the shorter prices. Pretty much everyone on the outside was a shorter price. When Mage doesn't break from the four and Fort Bragg doesn't break from the 10 and Fort Bragg ends up making the lead. We can talk about him later. Cause I love him in the Pat day mile. Um, when he doesn't make the lead, he rushes up and sets a wild pace. So you go 22 46, but every single horse that was a contender in that race was three to four wide on both turns. Now, when you a buyer number is created by the time of that race versus other races at the same distance with horses in the same age and the, how fast they close that race out, including the final time. When you have the horses that win that go three wide and four wide on both turns, and specifically when you have Forte, who wasn't really allowed to run until the last furlong of that race because Mage boxed him in. Yeah. So Mage got the jump going five wide around the second turn got the lead, Forte then swung out, then kicked it into gear, you're going to get a slow time in the race. The distance traveled is significantly higher than an actual mile in an eighth race because of how wide all of the horses that finished first, second, and third were during that race. That negatively affects the buyer. We need, you know, the the NFL next-gen things where somebody does a crazy yeah. punt return and they're like, he actually ran like 190 yards on this play. We need the, yeah. we need this more. So, so you're telling me that, that uh, Forte's already run a mile and a quarter. I'm telling you that he ran a lot closer to a mile and three sixteenths than a mile and a half that day, right? And, and that's going to affect the buyer. And when you look at that from a, a buyer perspective, and I see him get a 98 for that race, just two points off his career best, I'm like, hey, guys, that's actually not bad at all. Like, we, we shouldn't be shitting all over the horse because he was so wide on both turns. And when it mattered, he accelerated down the lane to get the job done. He didn't want to lose. That's mm-hmm. something I do care about seeing in a horse like that. Now, is the Florida Derby going to be the best race of this cycle? We don't know. But I don't think it's being judged properly or fairly because of where the numbers came back. It's also important, interesting to know that the time form number was higher than the buyer number. So time form, another commonly yeah. way to look at races, which takes into, into, into account early rating, wide rating and distance traveled, said yeah. it was actually a pretty good race from Forte, sure. whereas the sure. buyer came back a little worse. And that makes sense when you actually watch the trip. Okay, so then we gotta we got to then ask, is there a bias against Forte in the sharp handicapping content community because he's going to yeah, go what's, off at what's such a short price. Like, is this all just about like, like you can't really deny that he's probably the best horse in this race, but three to one is absurd. And honestly, like, do we know what mattress Mac is doing? He's probably going to smash that down to yeah. two to one. Like, you know, what's, what, what are, what are we, you know, yeah, you, like, you kind of made both cases. I mean, right. Or like he went, he went to gave both, both arguments there. Like what is the general consensus among the, the smart folks with the money and the horses? All right. Well, the content creators are not going to pick Forte 
because it's not fun to pick the favorite if you're a content creator, right? Of course. Of course. Um, the I, I play a lot of horse racing tournaments. There's a bankroll tournament that's going to be this weekend on the Kentucky Derby card, $3,500 buy-in, uh, $3,000 voucher. You try and run it up as high as you can. I, I probably talked about eight or nine different people who I really respect their opinion. Five of them have Forte on top. Oh, oof. So a lot of the people, and I, I don't have Forte on top. I have him in second, though. I, I think okay. it is like if, if we get in a situation here where Forte floats to three to seven to two or four to one, uh, there's almost some value on just taking Forte. You mentioned this crop and how how rarely you see a Breeders' Cup champion be able to win the Derby. There are probably five or six horses I was more excited about as two year olds who aren't in this race, who would be second or third choice in this race had they stayed healthy through this process. Mm. Forte is the only one from that two-year-old season that has stayed healthy through this process. And that to me is a, a, a big, like if you look at Tappet Trice, if you look at Kings Barnes, if you look at Practical Move, if you look at Dermasotagate, if you look at all these other horses, uh, Angel of Empire, none of them were very highly thought of when they were two years old. They're all horses who've, who've gotten better during their three-year-old season, but none of them were like, hey, that's the horse, you know? And Forte, people thought that was the horse. People thought Cave Rock was the horse. People thought Loggins was the horse, the horse that Forte beat at, at England before the Breeders' Cup. So this this race's field is weaker than I think a lot of people think. Okay. And, that, and when, when you talk about the field in general, it makes me want to talk about the second favorite there in Tappet Trice. And what you mentioned, going back to something you mentioned earlier, so when you said, I, I this is a direct quote from Mike, I'd rather be in 16 through 20 than 1 through 5, Tappet Trice 5 to 1. I haven't updated those odds. I'm assuming it's somewhere at least close to five to one still in the five spot. And I took in a, a little bit of content here and there over the last few days, but just, um, you know, I, I like to spread it out. If I see someone I've never heard talk about horses and it's like 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, I'm going to take this in just see what they said. And I feel bad because I can't remember who said this, but they said something I hadn't really heard about a horse before. They said Tappet Trice is a big, like, momentum horse said uh, you know it's it's like this is a powerful horse and when it gets going it's like a goddamn freight train and now i'm absolutely paraphrasing because they didn't say that <laughs> said it's like a freight train and it's like and if it gets caught up at the beginning and there's traffic and it gets slowed down it takes a long time for him to get going again to get that that freight train moving again and it just seems super likely sitting in the five hole so like are we, if you don't want to fade Forte, and like you said, maybe it's something you use in your exotics. If, if you're sitting here, I'm using it exact as I'm using it in tries, maybe even some fun superfectas. And it sucks that the number's not going to help push my price up, but also I would like to win those bets. And I do think this is a horse that's in the, you know, in the money at some point. Is it worth looking at fading that? And I mean, because you can have a pretty good exacta ticket with basically everybody else on the board and Forte. I will be completely chucking Tappet Trice. Hard pass for me. Um, the horse is allergic to breaking. He is over his life getting out of the gate well. Uh, <laughs> and, and well, the, this yeah. should be fine then. 20 yeah, horses what, in what a narrow gate. What could go wrong, right? Yeah. What, what, not, what could happen? Not yeah. only that, the four horses to inside his inside all possess early speed. Yeah. He's the inside post of a 16-horse field, if you will, right? And it's a horse that doesn't break. I think Tappet Trice is the most likely horse to be last the first time under the wire. Okay. I have no interest in backing the horse who I think has the best shot at being last first okay. time under the wire anywhere in the Superfecta. I think Tappet Trice may win the Breeders' Cup Classic. I think he's got a good mm. shot at the Travers. He is a very talented horse, but he is goofy as all get out right now. If you watch his races, he's looking around. He's checking everybody out. He won the Bluegrass. Looking at the stands while passing verifying. He wasn't even looking forward. <laughs> He's just like, I'm good. I'll keep running here. And he does have a phenomenal stride and just boatloads of talent. That that was the word stride. That that got used over and over. Like the stride yeah. is just so long and so strong. And when, when he gets going, it's great. But if he can't get going, you're just you're shit out of luck. And he's yeah. not going to get going early. If you go out the bluegrass, Saya is like is quarter horsing, just riding him like crazy out of the gate. And he's in second to last. You're like, you okay, see, this, you, this is not good. So realistically, you think it's going to take till late summer or even fall for him to really pull it together as a as a uh, an athlete. <laughs> I, I, he, uh, just, 
he hasn't mentally caught up to his talent, right? Okay. It's like the the high school kid who goes in the NBA who's just got a world of talent but doesn't know what he's facing mm-hmm. yet, right? And that's yeah, that's kind of what kind of what which race Catholic, was right? this now, where the, he was facing looking at the crowd, the blue I want to watch that. The Adderall shortage is affecting us all. <laughs> the scenario, the scenario that would make me that I was kind of kicking around in the back of my head about this would be a, just an entertaining, like from a content standpoint, would be a Forte wins Derby Preakness and then Trice with the same trainer takes him out of the Belmont, which seems not improbable. Um, the I don't know if they'll run him in the Belmont. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it seems like you think maybe his timeline may be a bit longer. Um, Let's talk about the trainer a little bit since he does have a third horse in the in the field in Kings Barnes. That is Todd Pletcher. Um, there was a time in my life where uh, the first thing I would do when I got my racing form was cross all the Todd Pletcher Derby horses off uh, because his success rate here is uh, not good. Uh, now, some of that is because he has lots of horses in the race, it feels like, every year, and some of those just have less than 1% chance to win. Um, but, you know, what, do you, what have you thought of his campaign overall so far in 2023? And do you think that, um, uh, in general, that uh, people may be looking a little bit past his uh you know his his efforts yeah, it's interesting with king's barnes because we've had these two other pletchers we talked about they're going to be coming from way off the pace king's barnes is going to be much more forwardly placed in this race he's got tactical speed he's not going to make the lead if you go back and you watch the louisiana derby they crawled they went 114 to the six furlongs that was the slowest Whew. six furlongs in a modern derby prep history so he, he got gifted the lead and did what he could with it and went gate to wire and looked very good doing it to me, Kings Barnes is one of the biggest unknowns in this race. He debuts at Gulfstream, runs a mile, beats some horses that are all terrible, goes to Tampa, <laughs> runs in a runs in a mile race there. The horse that ran second, Mikey Bananas, finished second to last in the Tampa Bay Derby. So beat absolutely nothing. Goes to Fairground, runs the slowest opening six furlongs in the Derby prep history, and goes gate to wire. You'll learn absolutely nothing. So to me, Kings Barnes is the one who's most likely going to get the good trip and has progressed very well from all three starts. But you don't really know how talented he is because you're not sure, because he's faced no adversity through this entire process. And so then your question is, in a 20-horse field, do you really want to take the one that hasn't faced adversity and didn't start as a two-year-old? The Curse of Apollo, obviously, something that everyone talked about a lot before Justify broke it. But those are the only two horses not to start at two who have won the Kentucky Derby. I don't think Kings Barnes can win this race. But I think he's a horse you have to seriously look at in the third and fourth spots because his trip is going to be right. He is progressing in the right manner. He's got a trainer that fits. Jose Ortiz picked up the ride in one of the odder derby stories I've ever seen. This horse won the Louisiana Derby, couldn't get a jockey until Sunday. No one wanted to, like, they couldn't find who was going to ride this horse. And so it took that long to get Kingsbarn a rider. It's going to be Jose Ortiz, who's a very, very good one for Todd Pletcher. But I still I respect the upside here. I think at twelve to one, it's a good use in third and fourth. Okay, let's move on to Brad Cox, Cox horses. Um, here we go. All where do time. you want to start? Where do you want to start? Uh, <laughs> uh, Angel of Empire or Verifying? Yeah, uh, let's start. I, with, let's start with Verifying. We talked about him a little bit already. Uh, Verifying doesn't want a mile and a quarter. That's the biggest problem. Oh come on. <laughs> How do so, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because Tappet Trice was looking at the stands and passed him. <laughs> okay. He wasn't even trying. Yeah. Um, the mile and a quarter, I think, is a huge issue for verifying. He, ne- he needs to get a loose lead to be able to win the race. So if you do see the four, the six, the seven, the 10, the 17 press, he's in a world of trouble. Someone's going to be able to get him. And if no one presses? Anything's possible. <laughs> if yeah, no one if presses, you see, if you see like, that's... let's say it's like, let's say it's like forty-seven-two verifying has expended the least amount of energy is and is, is on the lead. Are uh, you it, starting to be like, oh man, this guy can run away? Isn't, I won't isn't it a bad trip from the from the get-go? Like, if if verifying has to break early, like you're automatically, hey, this is a bad trip. Like, well, presumably is, he can get on this, the lead with expending less plan, energy though. than like the 17. Yeah, yeah, my my biggest issue is you go back and you look at that bluegrass, which we've talked about quite a bit now, going a mile and an eighth. Verifying got a perfect trip. They went 48 sure. to the half. Uh, they went 112 and two to six furlongs, 137 and three to a mile. So not fast. Verifying sat in second, right behind a lone leader, made the lead, and then Tappet mm-hmm. Trice ate his lunch. 
Tapatrice had less to work to do to navigate up to being able to eat his lunch, though, than he's going to be have to do in the Derby. That is fair, but I'm not willing to say with another quarter of a mile that someone else who is closer than Tapatrice will be able to eat his lunch as well. Now, right. if he sets a 48 half, I'm going to be kind of pissed he's not in the fourth spot of my super, but I won't be worried about him winning the race. Wow. Okay. How about Angel of Empire? Angel of Empire was my pick. Complicated, complicated uh, is, feelings about this horse. Angel he's got Empire a jockey was... that got suspended the other week for just uh, romping all over Keeneland. <laughs> yeah, Pratt. Uh, Pratt got in a little trouble. He's also been riding very, very well. Interesting. Pratt rode Kings Barnes in that Louisiana Derby. Sure. An hour after riding Angel of Empire to win the Arkansas Derby, he picked Angel of Empire as his Derby mount. So that tells you his immediate thoughts on those two horses in which he would yep. prefer to be riding, uh, both for marquee trainers, both for trainers he rides all the time. So so not like there's a specific, hey, you've got to ride for this guy type situation here. I was picking Angel of Empire last week. Um, and then I realized how far back Angel of Empire is going to be in this race. I, I think Angel of Empire is going to be back a little bit in front tap at Trice, but not really forwardly placed. So I, I would be expecting somewhere around 15th or 16th going into the first turn. That makes it awfully scary as a win perspective. Now, can the horse run second, third, or fourth? I, I definitely think so. Um, and that Arkansas Derby, a race where every single horse got a very good trip, he made them look foolish. He smoked them by four-plus lengths, never really opened up his stride either to do so. So, again, a really talented horse who has a really bad style of running to win this race. We'll bet I'm on in two weeks. <laughs> no i think uh no it's it's a fascinating I point i still like this horse i i mean because you you said verifying doesn't want a mile and a quarter i feel like angel of empire definitely does just based on watching the arkansas derby yep. um and so your your general thought process is without a pace melt he's not really realistically going to be able to run down the leaders and and he may be in the same situation where he needs to kind of navigate some 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 difficult uh um path in order to make it happen he's gonna have to go way wide or make a trip i mean pratt's gonna have to weave through some horses or go four five six seven wide around that final turn i mean remember last year ortiz was 11 wide on the one horse because he was far back and trying to get around that pace collapse and it's sunny leone riding the 21 up the rail that gets the win so um it, it, pratt is gonna have to make a good decision with angel of empire and again this is a horse that can't slow down much like tap at trice once that that engine gets churning you can't hit the stop button. You got to just keep going forward. So you can't get stopped at any point during that turn when you're going through what I expect to be is, you know, 13, 14 horses you got to pass. Okay. So then, um, uh, I, did you have, I real mean, quick though, is he going to drift or is he going to get bet? I think Angel of Empire is getting bet. I, I see way too many people interested in Angel of Empire. I, I think. If you look at the morning lines, I think Kings Barnes pretty accurate. I think Tappet Trice is, is going to be your second choice. I think Angel of Empire is going to be your third. I think Dermasotagate is going to take uh, quite a bit of money because of how well Japan horses have done overseas in the last two years as well. Okay. I did I did have some notes, and I think it was uh, uh, Chris, Christina Blacker, uh, TVG, FanDuel, whatever, had talked about this horse. I had some notes. Basically, like she was really stuck on the form as far as like the numbers trending in the right way. And I think she said it a couple of times, like we just may have not seen the best race yet from this horse. And you're saying, and I get it. Like that could be tr two things can be true. That can be true, but in a field of 20, it just might not matter because you still might not get the ride you need. Well, and you know, the, the buyer, which is the number we talked about before for angel of empire in the Arkansas Derby was a 94. The buyer, everyone is dumping all over for Forte in the Florida Derby was 98. 98. Yeah. Yeah. So we better have not seen the best of this horse if you yes, want to pick him to win, right? This you, is fair. This is fair. You got it. Like, we've got. I've got like a pool of six for my uh, trifecta at this point, though. I'm gonna have to start tossing some horses out. Well, we I mean, just we just based on the winner yet. Yeah. Yeah, just based on uh, on yeah, okay. So so based on where we've gone so far, you've got a lot of horses down the card for you. Uh, and I, did you agree that you think this is much more like um, the type of year where uh, you know somebody on the lead? Uh, can hang on somebody with the who wants the distance who can kind of be at or near uh, the top four uh, is the likely winner. I think you want to be more forwardly placed this year. Okay. I, I, it, just, it feels like we're not going to see that fast of a pace. Okay. So who do you have eyes for? Uh, who do I have? What? Who do you have eyes for? Ah, eyes for who are you taking? Who are you asking to the dance here, Mike? So practical move. 
what are we doing? If uh, if this horse breaks, he should be five to one. And that's Mage, the eight horse who is 15 to one on the morning line. Um, only went, this is only the third race of his season, did not race at two. So there's there's a tough argument that you have to make here if you want to get behind Mage. But if you go back and you watch the race two back, he completely misses the break, rushes up four wide, gets cut off down the stretch, and then re-rallies and tries to run up for third. And that was the first time that horse had gone two turns. Then you watch the Florida Derby, where he gets completely breaks way behind them, gets forced four wide on the first turn, has to make a wild middle move on the second turn, goes five wide on the second turn, makes the lead, and then just gets run down by Forte. And now you're getting 15 to 1. If this horse gets a trip, the distance isn't an issue. He's got tactical speed. He went 22 and change, 44 and change in his first race. He's got the speed to be there if he breaks. It's a big if. He's one for three breaking. But if he breaks, the price is right. And I still think he can hit the board if he doesn't. I thought the Florida Derby from him was that good. I thought his Florida Derby was better than Forte's. Okay, and as far as price goes, this falls into the middle class where you think he may get overlooked and uh, you know the VIG is in the long shots and and the VIG is in Forte, potentially, yeah. if Mattress Mac is involved. Hey, well, he's, he's supposedly going and betting. And, but he's actually, I got to give Mattress Mac some props. He is, after his first year where he put it all to win on a single horse, he has done the smart thing and bombed multiple pools the last couple of years. Okay. So he plays an exacto with the favorite on top, a Oaks Derby double into the favorite and the favorite to win, which doesn't destroy the win pool. It actually really negatively affects favorite favorite in the Oaks Derby double because a million dollars in that pool means a lot more than a million in the win pool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, good but, thing wet paint's not going to win, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, see, I like wet paint. We'll get there too, I guess. Um, <laughs> so it, to me, it, I'm, I'm looking for more value. I'm looking for these horses, especially if I'm playing the dollar super, which has paid over a hundred thousand dollars six times in the last 17 years. You don't get that hundred thousand dollar payoff without having a 10 X to one on top, right? Okay. Or 10 plus Can, to one on top. So. Yeah. Can you give me your case for mage is, is strong. And I agree with you. Like when I saw like my first, like I said, my gut reaction when I watched the Florida Derby was, Oh, Forte is vulnerable. And then I was like, well, maybe that was actually the competition he was up against. And I rewatched specifically, you watched that race, just watching mage. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what is he, what is happening here? And then to be that close was pretty wild. Um, so your case is strong. Is there an analog for a horse who has never had a good break to all of a sudden get one here? Well, he broke okay in his maiden special weight wing okay. going seven furlongs. So that's, okay. that's one you're, you're saying, hey, can we find that break again, right? Okay. Get, okay. Just, and, and the beauty of Mage and where he drew, and this to me is the other key reason why I like him, the two, the four, the six, the seven, all going to go. He's mm-hmm. the next fastest horse. So if he breaks even remotely well and rushes up a little bit, he's on the rail behind the first four horses. Okay. I see that what you're saying. A phenomenal spot to be from a trip perspective. <laughs> the breaking part's the if, but if, if he does, <laughs> he's the one who gets the trip. And also, by the way, he was phenomenal when he didn't break the last two races as well. Javier Castellano yeah. has, the, has the goods for you? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I would have rather had a different rider on him. Um, there's, there's okay. certain riders that are better early that are better out of the gate that break. Well, Castellano is a, a hall of famer. He's actually switched jockey agents agents about a year ago and all of his percentages went up. So okay. his jockey agent was doing a good job of getting him good mounts. That's still a staying consistent. He's not the biggest early speed guy, but it is a veteran who knows how to get a horse out of a gate. So hopefully we can improve that. Okay. And, uh, good magic as a sire. Is he hey, he ran second in the Derby. Yeah, has he has he done anything as a sire? This is, see, but this true. This is the thing where you start doing this where yeah, yeah, yeah. You look, you look at like, you click on into a horse and you look at like, hey, you look at like sire the in the dam and you look at the the grandparents and you're like, oh shit, there's like four names I recognize as a casual. You do yeah. that with all twenty horses. Well, maybe well, not yeah, the no, Japanese, know, maybe not like, the Japanese horses. But well, that's like, holy so shit! I'm, they, I'm, they're all I, yeah, they all I'm come stuck from the on, same family. I, I, cards on the table. I was stuck on verifying just because I'm like, I think this is going to be a slower derby. I think it's likely he's going to be on the lead. Uh, and I mean, shit, justify sire. Like, I'd be fascinated to see if that ultimately comes through and he he pops finally because I don't think we've seen his him run his best race yet. But Mike is throwing a lot of cold water on him being able to do a mile and a quarter. So uh, maybe well, I'll just uh, I'll just cool he, my jets. Here's some quick uh, good magic numbers. So it's 14% okay. of his kids win dirt sprinting. 
17% win when they dirt route. So better routing than sprinting. Wet dirt, 18%. So an off track would not be a bad thing. Also the dam side. So the mom, her uh, her dad was Big Brown, who was also yeah. a Kentucky Derby winner. So there, yeah. there is stamina top and bottom for him, as well as an off track liking top and bottom. Okay. And uh, Gustavo Delgado is who? That's why you're getting 15 to 1. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Who, who's, right. your jockey, who's your favorite jockey, Drew? Flavio Pratt, probably. Yeah. I, well, I mean, Mike Smith, obviously, but he's not in this race. And he's, he's semi retired. Is he retired? Retired? Yeah. I don't know. I, I uh, what about, what about, what about you, Mike? Who's, uh, your, who's your favorite jockey? I like Luis Saez a lot. He's an aggressive guy who can get horses to give him their best and gets to the front on turf specifically. So I, I'm a big Luis Saez fan. Right, Eichelberry. <sighs> He's, he's a good one, man. You got the uh, love Barry in the Derby this year. Canterbury, first time, Canterbury first time guy. in my life I ever thought I had like a, a secret angle. I was at um, Del Mar opening day or something, and guy was like, "Here's the secret: if Victor Espinosa's in a race, bet that horse." And I was like, "Really? That's all you got to do?" And so I bet every horse Victor Espinosa ran that day, and he won four out of six races he ran. And I was like, "This is so easy! I can't believe you just have to pick this." And then. Uh, of course, uh, he, I don't know if he ever really, ever, you know, did he do anything after American Pharaoh? I don't really remember. He was on California Chrome too, wasn't he? Yeah, um, he was on Chrome yeah. too. He was on yeah. Chrome, he was on American Pharaoh, and then he kind of, that was a bit of it. So all-time right. favorite, I, I guess, Victor Espinosa because he's won a lot of money for me at Del Mar. But. <laughs> well, that's that's oh. the funny thing. If you ask anyone who their favorite jockey is who bets horses, they will tell you who their favorite is based on the amount of money they've won yeah. off them and who their, their least favorite is based on the shitty trips that they have given you on horses that you needed for a lot of money. <laughs> This is yeah. This is why mine's a mine's a Canterbury jockey. That's <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Right? I've met this guy. Um, I've done that where it's like uh, you know somebody a jockey at your local track. Even if they don't win, it's like man, they had two good trips to start. I'm gonna use him for like the rest of the day, unless it's just on an absolute nag and I can't do it. But yeah. you just start using him for the rest of the day. Any uh, is, any of the any of the bombs worth talking about here, Mike? We gotta keep uh, it so we can. Uh, yeah, we gotta talk the about the double eventually here. I don't think anyone at a monster number can win the race. Okay. Uh, I do like some prices underneath. If you're looking at trifectas and two superfectas, the one horse hit show had a awful trip uh, in the wood and still ran second. We broke out of the okay. 13 post of a 13 horse field, 12 post of a 12 horse field. I'm sorry. Went five wide in the first turn. Basically was the middle bumper car down the lane. Still ran a really good second there. I think he's got a shot to improve, hit the board. He's 30 to one reincarnate. The seven horse is 50 to one. No shot at winning, but he is one of those pace horses where if he gets a little frisky up front, he could stick around for a long time and end up in that that third or fourth spot. So I like him a little bit there uh, at 50 to one. Um, and then let me see. Is there anyone else that's a big time bomb? I, There's little... been some bu buzz on Skinner as a uh, coming in, closing to hit the board, but I don't think I got it in me to put him on my card. I could see him running like fourth, but I, I when you watch the like, like I'm I'm kind of against the California horses. I think Practical Move is a is a chuck from yeah. a higher perspective. Practical Joke doesn't want to go two turns. Now we're going yeah. a mile and a quarter. If you watch those two races, Practical Move trips out in both of them. Yeah. Just sits on the rail both turns in both of those races. If he was had to go too wide in the Santa Anita Derby, he gets beat. Yeah, and they have to go another furlong. I, to me, that's that's a horse you can kind of leave out. Skinner, I could see mucking it up and ending up fourth in the super, something like that, but not one I would expect to run too wild here. Okay. All right, Kentucky Oaks. What's your general temperature well, on this race? Unless Danny, you got a closing first thoughts off, on the derby? Well, no, I, I, I just with the double, and we won't we won't even get to the Oaks yet because we're about to do the Oaks. Like, which horses? Will you be using for your your Oaks Derby double? I will be using uh, the eight Mage, the okay. fourteen Angel Fingers. of Empire, and okay. the seventeen Dermasotagate in my double. Ooh, okay, okay. You're gonna curse your double right off the bat, huh? All right. I mean, yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm either breaking the Apollo <laughs> curse or I'm breaking the seventeen post curse. One of the two. So, so official prediction from uh, from you, you're looking at eight over fourteen. Is that right? Pretty much. I am. I'm. I'm thinking like a, a true accuracy result from the uh, from the Florida Derby. I'm playing eight over fourteen fifteen to okay. kick off my tries and my super. Okay. Okay. I, I think those I like are the that. most likely ones, and then I will I will play one as well that will probably not be as big with seventeen over fourteen fifteen. So okay. essentially, saying either Angel of Empire or Forte runs second, 
and then try and find a bigger price in Dermasota Gate or Mage to run first. If there's a horse that pushes Forte to third, it's uh Dermasota Gate. It sounds like you feel like yeah, that. Derma, Do you want to say it? Angel. <laughs> um okay. uh, I respect two fills the three. I wouldn't completely leave him out either. I uh, ran the highest next last out buyer with a 101 at, at Turfway Park. Turfway's been oh, transitioning Turfway. very well to Keeneland really? and to, to Churchill Downs. Yeah, for some reason, they're crushing it. The Turfway synthetic to the Keeneland and Churchill dirt has been very good this year. So I would not completely chuck out. Um, yeah, I would take Mage over Skinner. Really, yeah. We're starting to get mad. I love matchup yeah. questions, guys. <laughs> match Throw matchup questions. Throw oh, match up questions. All right, before oh, – all right, quick. Baby. We'll get to the Oaks. Mine is 14 over 5, 6 and Sorry. 8. 6 and 8 closing out in either order. It'll be uh, – that's my super box. Okay. I think that there is a ton of speed in here. And Wet Paint has been the only horse that actually has been consistently good throughout this year with this class. Uh, so I'm going to put Wet Paint the seven on top, who is the favorite. <clears throat> but she looked phenomenal. If you go back and watch the last two races, she also can handle an off track. It's a 40% chance of rain on Friday. So make sure you're uh, factoring that into your handicapping I as think well. that's gone up. Has it now? Yeah. Like the last I saw like was it's 40. It's going to be shitty. Yeah. It's going to be nasty on Friday. Then Wet Paint, even more so. Uh, <laughs> and then the other horse that I, I really like in this race is the four Southlawn. Uh, yeah. Nice step forward last time at Fairgrounds. I mean, and beat pretty mischievous and the alleys look two horses that were highly thought of going into that race, was able to sit close to the pace and then just pounce on during the down the stretch. All the other major competitors are going to be flying early. I mean, you have the 10 flying connection who's going to go. The six botanical is going to go. Darth Vader, the 12 is going to go. Pretty mischievous is going to go. You've got four horses that all want the lead and they're all going to push each other forward. I think it sets up for someone to come from off the pace. So South Lawn would be the bigger price um, and, and wet paint would be the pick. Mm, I had circled uh, pretty mischievous until the outside draw, I think throws cold water on that. South Lawn was my other kind of key. And I think I'm going to end up singling South Lawn. So I think that, uh, yeah, you, you basically confirmation biased me right there into uh, singling the four. Um, South Lawn, stalker or closer? Stalker. Uh, Stalker. Well, yeah, press. I, I got press EP6 uh, for South Lawn. But yeah, I, 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 had, I had her deeper. I don't know. I just, from what I picked up today. She, she, she went gate to wire two back to start her, her three-year-old campaign. And then last time out was about a length and a half behind a 47 and one pace and was still able to kick clear into the stretch and win by, like, open up by over three. So she, she can attend the pace, but she doesn't need to. It's, it's that, you know, tactical speed that we talk about that we want in the Derby. She's got that tactical speed here in the okay. Oaks. So okay. Kind of second early pace, kind of sitting back and and then just killing it. Okay. I like it. I'm, a, I'm a self. I'm I think that's my horse. Um general opinion on botanical first ever on dirt. Way too short of a price. I mean, that's okay. me. Like I like okay. look, botanical could totally win the race. Don't get me wrong. But you have four speed. She wants the lead. She's never touched dirt. They didn't even try her on dirt to start her career. Huge red flag for me. Her first two Weird. races were on yeah. turf. Yeah. And then they went to synthetic. And now this is where we're going to try dirt. Like the fact that at no point we're like, oh, let's let's just throw her on the dirt just to see how it goes. Kind of tells me you thought she was a turf horse the whole time. And I think she probably ends up being a very good turf horse in the fall. Okay. Very good. Good deal. Um, high confidence stuff for you on Friday or Saturday. You got anything else you should uh, tip the tip the good listeners of the deep death? Sure. Let's uh, let's rip through a couple here. Churchill Downs race number three on Friday. The one horse. Whoa. So Smoking tea, six to one on the morning line. Uh, it's a single for me in the early pick five here. Uh, this is a horse who has faced much better the last two races. So Wolfie's Dynaghost in a stakes uh, in, in the grade one bourbon turf, I think it is, uh, the, right before the, the derby. Uh, and up to the mark is your favorite in that race or second choice in that race. Uh, that's who this horse lost to the last two times. That was an awful trip last time out of Gulfstream. You weren't able to close. This horse still was able to make a huge bid coming out of the 12 out of 12 post, get the lead, and then get just passed by two better horses. Broke out of the 11 post the race before that. So 12 out of 12 and 11 out of 12. Now we're facing significantly weaker and breaking out of the one post. So huge upgrade from a post position perspective and class perspective. And we're getting a six to one price. So I like it. Okay. I'm not even going to try to take notes this year. What I did, I just wrote down the You're time. Just going to re-listen when, to the podcast. Yeah, I'm just, gonna, <laughs> just keep keep ripping, Mike. I'm going to re-listen. Num- race number four. This is on Saturday. Uh, the the Derby City Distaff Seven Furlongs. Good night, Olive. Your your uh, Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint Champion is coming back. We're going to fade her. 
I like this five horse, oh. Matareya, seven to two on the morning line. Uh, it's a horse that was phenomenal, phenomenal as a three-year-old. Uh, very good around one turn, can handle six furlongs, can handle seven furlongs. She okay. came back, ran in the slop. The slop wasn't the problem last time. It was the fact that it was her first race off a five-month layoff. Second off a five-month layoff for Brad Cox, Flavian Pratt, seven to two. We'll take a swing there. I like that one. Um, I like both of them so far. I don't have any disagreement. Like, like <laughs> How about uh, some of the uh, the graded stakes here? Eighth race, uh, Churchill Downs on Saturday, the grade two Pat Day Mile, traditionally my arch enemy. Um, I am going very short in this race. I have top pick here is the seven horse Fort Bragg. We talked about the Florida Derby. If at some point anyone is listening to this and decides to go back and watch the replay, watch the tens break. The yes. 10 breaks so bad that he ends up making the lead by going in between the six and the seven because he was three lengths behind the rest of the field. So he tucks in yeah. and then goes through the six and the seven, sets wild opening fractions. Now yeah. we're cutting back to a mile, which is a better distance for Fort Bragg. I think he's sitting on a big one. So I'm using him at nine to two. My note says he lunged out of the gate. I, that's that's an understatement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, that lunge would get your uh, your hammies feeling good if that's what but, uh But basically the Pat Day is effectively the horses that weren't quite good enough to get into the derby, right? Like that's yeah, kind of the vibe. It's the Boulevard of Broken Dreams race, right? <laughs> it's Boulevard the NIT. Yeah. This is where everyone ends up when, when they don't want to be here. There's two Gunrunner sires in here that is just breaking my heart. Gunrunner was one of my all-time favorites. Uh I'm I'll cheer for Fort Bragg and I'll I'll sing I'll I'll bet him. But uh if Gunpilot or Echo again win, I'm not going to be sad. Echo again is the only other horse I'm considering using in the okay. race. The five, okay. I think, is, is awfully live. And, and if Fort Bragg gives it up late, I think the five is the one that takes it away. Okay. What, uh, what kind of price do you can get on Bragg? On which one? What kind of price do you think for Fort Bragg? I think we're going to get like six to one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think you're going to get a decent price because I don't think people are going to. You got to look back at, at his. The only time this horse has gone one turn was a five and a half, uh, five and a half furlong race at, at Del Mar. It was the race where Speedboat Beach broke the track record as a two year old. And this okay. horse ran third behind that. Ever since then, he's gone two turns. He's been successful at a mile, gotten better with every race, up until that Florida Derby where he went a mile and an eighth, a rate distance he doesn't want, and had to go wild fractions early. Mm. So this is one that I think is going to be a little bit under the radar in a pretty tough race. You have a uh, a uh, just a, a karma shout for the Knicks go race? The great Knicks go? Let me see. Yeah, here. that that we owe that horse. <laughs> we owe that horse something. That was great. Which which race is that? On? That's race, was, race six. I believe on he Saturday. was the three that day. There's race some, six on Saturday. Yeah, I, there's some interesting horses in this field. I put Zozos on on top. Uh, who's okay. the chalk? Five to two, yeah. I think it is. But I was a little bit interested in the two and the three as well. Um, so those are the the three that I looked at for that one. Try to pull up the PPs for you. Baby Yoda and the three. Baby he's Yoda's a weird a one because he wins when he's chalk and he gets stomped when he's not. Yeah, he's it's There's an interesting horse like that, Drew. Yeah, surely are <laughs> surely there are <laughs> surely. Um, okay, uh, all right, man. Uh, for the matchup players in the Derby, we'll leave this good get out question for you. Yeah, DFL. Uh, and Bet Online offered that market <laughs> last year. You they did that horse to finish last. Yeah. There's some fun oh. prices. I'm going to get into that again if there's some decent prices. Okay, horse to finish last. I mean, Continuar is the logical pick, right? Sure. I mean, this is a Japanese horse breaking from the 20 post that everything is going to kind of go against him. I, <laughs> you're going to love me for this one, Drew. I don't Verifying, hate verifying. Think is <laughs> yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like completely flames out at three quarters. There is a world where he backs up the truck and ends up running last. Um, let me sideways. The other, like <laughs> Jace's Road, I think has a very good shot at running last. If you go yeah, back and Jace's look at the Southwest, Road. Jace's Road looks like a dog. Set the pace and then just whoosh, right to the back. Um, and that's what I'm looking for here. If I'm looking for a horse to finish last, I want someone with tactical speed that quits because yeah. everyone who's got no speed is going to be able to pass some of these horses coming down the lane. So for me, I'd look at Jace's Road, I'd look at Continue R. And if you want to go for a big price, I'd look at Verifying. I have no empirical evidence or actual data to back this up, but it feels like dead dead last is never just like one of the huge prices. Oh no, it's no, all, it's, no. Always it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always a mid. It's always a always somebody who pulls up. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like oh, you you were twelve, fifteen to one. You broke too early and you fucked yourself and you're jogging in at the end. I think summer's tomorrow got last last year, right? Uh, 
who got i can't remember who got i think last. it was that summer sounds, i think it was sounds summer. right yeah. because i know sure. people bet into that market it was fun I because don't. if you you have no I, idea I know that you have exactly. no idea who got last tomorrow, it takes so sure. long because they, they don't show that on the TV after the. Oh no! Race, my favorite thing they, to do is just sit there with my phone, waiting to take a screenshot. You know, take a take a photo of when they finally put the entire yeah, finishing you, order up, and then post it online. To figure out who's last. Yeah. The one other horse I'd say that could run last is Rocket Can. Rocket Can. Pope. I had him. I had a note. I had a star there too. Yeah, he, he could. <laughs> he could end up in that magical last spot. Okay. If you're looking at like head-to-head horses. I, I love like Angel of Empire from that perspective, who I okay. think is going to be running well, should should end up pretty close to it. Um, I would like to I would like playing against Practical Move, who I don't think is going to be able to get the distance. I think that's a horse that ends up running in that eighth or ninth spot, most likely um, coming down to the wire. I sure. like verifying another horse probably doesn't want the distance. So if you want to try and find some prices around there that you can attack, I think that's a worthwhile one as well. Um, to me, like I wouldn't use. If I'm not getting plus money on Mage it's against someone at a higher price, I'm not using him because the variance for Mage is high. Yeah, sure, he, sure, he sure. He could win the race or he doesn't break and then you're screwed, right? Like, Yeah, he could Thunder Snow. He could thunder. Well, I don't think he could complete Thunder Snow because at least he will try. If he Thunder Snowed the dirt Florida Derby and ran second there. So, okay. uh, I think I had some Thunder Snow exotics. I don't need to hear that. Gervis is another one I would use in head-to-head wagers because I don't think the I don't think the, the floor I think the floor is pretty high for Dermis okay. Because okay. I would expect the horse is going to at least run okay in that that race. Yeah, okay. that that and that's a good point too. And I think the smart listeners who take in this sort of podcast understand that it's the difference between betting a guy at two hundred to one to win a golf tournament and a guy to win a matchup against another golfer. Like you're you're looking for a floor. You can't have that long tail to this guy's running sideways and doing circles. Uh, you know, uh, furlong in because it's in twentieth and it's confused. Like, you can't have that yeah. sort of shit in a matchup. It has to be able to to finish the race with some sort of a plum. Yeah, I'm. I'm God, I'm hate that I'm sold on a Japanese horse. Yeah, it's got to happen eventually. It, it's, it's 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 just becoming a thing. Like a few years ago, we had the you know you had that horse from from the <clears> Middle East. So it's <throat> like, hey, it might rain, and this horse is never. It's not like this horse doesn't know race in the rain. Yeah. It's like it lives this horse has desert. never, never seen, seen rain. rain. It doesn't understand <laughs> what rain is. Like, yeah. We're running into a really weird situation. What is this wizardry some of these, water some of these coming from horses, high. Yeah, these foreign horses can come over. Although I, I did hear, I did hear some. What was the other horse that came over? Not Continuar or Soda God. Was there one, one, one Middle Eastern horse? Well, Mandarin Hero's here. Mandarin Hero. Yeah. And Mandarin Hero ran second in the San Anita Derby without ever running Great in the horse, U.S. Yeah. And Mandarin Great, Hero, yeah. just as Great a reference horse, point, yeah. was running on, like, the B tracks in Japan. Yeah. So it's like Mandarin Hero was running a Golden Gate and, and Dermasotagate was running a Del Mar. That's the comparison for the horses they were running against in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's going to drive me nuts. I, I, I caught something earlier about one of these horses – that had some trouble with customs or just they got to, they got to the country late coming from overseas and they didn't, uh, they didn't. Was it the, uh, was it the, the Oak, the shipper in the Oak? I I feel like it might've been in the Oaks. Yeah. The one that one I think is the total, the total toss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, man. Well, this was tell, uh, instructive. Yeah, tell as people always. where they can catch all yeah. your other stuff, Mike. Of course. Yeah, you can go find me at the at Samobomb18 on Twitter, uh, over at racingdudes.com. We got free picks every race every day. Got my handicapping on there. If you're interested in it, make sure you check out YouTube backslash racing dudes. We'll be live all day Thursday, or all day Friday, all day Saturday for the Churchill cards. So we'll be talking about the races, who we like, who we don't. Play the tournament with me. I'll be keeping people posted of what I'm betting in that tournament as well for this weekend. Um, and then, yeah, check me out on VSIN on Thursdays and Fridays. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, definitely go go buy the package. Mike's living in Santa Barbara now, eating, you know, doing doing uh, lunch with uh, you know Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle. So uh, you know, it's it's a it's a lifestyle you got to keep oh, up with. Like, you know, it's, he was it's, a surprisingly uh, good golfer. The best slugs are uh, Santa Cruz, Andy. Uh, yeah. The gauchos are Santa. Barbara. I always mix that up. Yeah, <laughs> There's no banana slugs south of Santa Cruz. I will. I will say I this: think. Santa Barbara, one of the best college basketball stadium names out there. 
What's the it Gauchos called? play in the Thunderdome. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a few yeah. thousand people. It's intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can get some you can get some courtside seats in the Thunderdome. Let me tell you, they're available. There's That's, a Gauchos it's, it's, legend it's who there. plays on the Heat who was playing his ass off. Was uh, which which guy is it? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. All right. Well, that's for Jimmy Butler. Uh, that's cool. I, I cool did. I one one last. I can't wait to catch up with you this summer at some point. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? My my uh, entry for best college basketball arena name Yale's the Cathedral of Sweat. It's not actually. It's called like <laughs> it's called like the Whitney F. Payne Gymnasium or something. But Cathedral you, of Sweat. That's. Have way you guys better. heard the nickname for Seattle's Kraken's Arena? No. Everyone locally calls it the Crack House. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like that. Uh, <laughs> There's a good amount of that in Seattle, I'm sure. So. <laughs> Pacific we're, Northwest we're gonna, is a, yeah, let's, is a let's tough Let's close scene to on, on the the, uh, the opium epidemic in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and let's get some winners this weekend. Thanks for hitting, uh, hit the thumbs up on the way out, guys. And obviously, big thanks to Mike. Hopefully, you Dude. hit something big. Hopefully, you win a handicapping <sighs> contest. or hit a I mean, you successfully talked me off of the verifying ledge. And I'm actually I'm starting to buy into your mage point of view. That, that was a good one. It's a good handicap, man. I might, buy, right. I, might, I might bet five bucks on verifying just in case. You <laughs> if only you could get like a first half bet on him, you know, there like, you I go. feel like for sure he's coming across the wire first. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen that at offshore is true. Where it's, like, what? It's like, yeah, I've seen that. It's like leading, leading after four. But uh, it's, it's like my cookie. Uh, yeah, no, it's like Bafada, man. But it, oh, okay. I don't think you can bet very much on it. But it, yeah, I feel like I've it. seen that leading leading after four furlongs or something. Okay. All right. Well, enjoy the Derby Day, guys. I uh, hope you are all going to wonderful parties and have some outstanding brown brown water and uh, great food. And uh, yeah, winning winning tickets. Best of luck. Yeah. Outros you've ever done, because <laughs> I actually you actually knew when to hit stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we should do. We should salute, like that's our signal. We both that's like good. salute. That's a good call. It's like the uh, Carol.